What is the measure of a man? What does it mean to lead a life well lived? I often thought about those questions, and with the help of John Assetti, I had the opportunity to explore them through John's amazing life. John is spry and vibrant at the age of 93, and I met him after he had published his seventh book at age 92. As I got to know John and his life story, I wanted to share this amazing and inspiring journey, which began in Niagara Falls in the 1930s, to his current life in the hill country of Texas. Overcoming an humiliating childhood incident at age eight, John was the first in his family to go to college, served in the Air Force, became a teacher, a principal, and retired from his first career. In his second career, He and his wife traveled internationally and ended up in Kerrville, Texas, where John began yet another career as an author. Join me on this most fascinating journey from last to first with John Assetti. In this episode, John Assetti discusses his innovative business school partnerships. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox and John Assetti back for another episode in our continued series. So, John, in this episode, we're going to talk about one of the more innovative things I've heard you talk about that you came up with in your educational career, and that was really a public-private partnership. What can you tell us about that? It was a very fascinating project, Tom, and that was initiated back in 1988, and it's still going on today. And I get newspaper articles from friends of mine that live in Olean, New York, and they keep me up to date on the partnership at the school. I am delighted to know that how effective it was and is. John, what was either the sort of opportunity you saw, the need you saw, the market gap you saw? What were you trying to accomplish when you initially had your idea? Let me begin, Tom, by saying that our school district that I was in gave us an opportunity to attend one conference a year. And so I attended the conference in Washington, D.C. Ten years in a row I attended there. And it pertained to partnerships and education programs. And it was a national, in fact, I'm sorry, it was an international program because there were five or six countries that were involved in this conference. And, oh, there had to be thousands of people that attended. But there were small sections that were going on by different speakers about different programs. So I attended as many as I could for about three days. And so every year I learned something new. And every year I participated in some of the programs myself, based on my experiences as a school administrator. And at the end of the 10 years, I received a certificate that indicated that I had a a license to conduct workshops, the development of partnerships between school districts, business, and industry. And the more I attended these workshops and the more I thought about it, I said, if you stop to think about it, Prior to doing anything about this, I noticed that industry went their own way, whatever they had to do. Business went their own way, and school districts went their own way, all separately. And I said to myself, now, that's not really being very effective from the school point of view. 
is that we all really should be working together because we prepare our students to go to work in the business field and in the corporate field. And so it begins with us. So why not have a partnership and work together? And so I thought about it and I said to myself, here I am, a school administrator. I wonder, I wondered a great deal about how to select either a business or a corporation to partner with. And I had some, I had a lot of good friends in Olean, New York, and I knew quite a few of the people through the Rotary Club. And so I, I selected one, and I did a lot of thinking and planning on this, and then I decided that maybe I should approach them, the personnel there in charge, corporate officers, to see if I could explain to them what the partnership is all about and see if they would be willing to partner with my school. So I did that. In fact, I invited the president of the college, of the corporation, the vice president, and the financial officer to go out to lunch with me. They said, sure, we'd be very happy to. And the corporate, the corporate president said, I'll take care of the bill, John. Don't worry about the bill. I said, that's up to you, whatever you wish. And what a lesson it was for me to sit down with three corporate people and one educator at lunchtime. For the first half hour, they completely ignored me. They didn't ask me how I was doing. They didn't ask me what was going on. They just were talking business. And I had listened very carefully to what they all said because I had a plan. But while I was listening, I said, I've got to change my plan. And I didn't have much time to think about it, except I was listening, but also designing my plan at the same time. And I said, how the heck do I get their attention? Right now, I'm not getting any attention. How can I explain something if they're not listening? So I decided that I would provoke them. And it worked. And here's what I did. When the half hour was up, I said, okay, John, it's your time to talk. What, would you, what are you interested in promoting for us, with us? And I thanked them very much for coming out to lunch and appreciate being together. And I said that I have been attending workshops in Washington, D.C. for 10 years in a row about the development of partnerships with industry and business and schools. And the more I learned there, and I'm certified to consult and run these, I thought maybe it's time for us to start something with those who are interested from the Olean area. And there was a lot of industry in Olean. And, and I said, I know some of the personnel here, and I've always enjoyed chatting with them at Rotary. And I said, I would like to propose a partnership be developed between your, your corporation and my school. And I said, the reason why I think about starting at the elementary is that I think it's very important that we prepare students to make them aware that there is industry in our town. Because one of these days, those students may be working there. And so you don't want to start at the high school. I think it's just too late to do that. You have to start early to provide an awareness program. As they move through the middle school and in the high school, that's when they start taking action. They're going to go out to work at your place or go to college or go work in a factory someplace. So I said that I'd like to begin at the elementary level, and I think that there's a lot of things that can be done. Now, I said a partnership is between our school and your company and our school. It's not an adopt-a-school program. It's a partnership program. We work together, and we try to help each other out. And I know you're probably thinking, how the heck can an elementary school 
help us out. And they were a knife factory, the corporation. They made knives. In fact, in my kitchen, they gave me a set of knives when I retired. And uh, these things cost uh, a few bucks. So anyway, I began to explain that, that what I would like to do is to, first of all, develop the partnership by agreeing to work together. I think that's very important. And I said that one of the things that, that I would like to do is to run a workshop for maybe three or four of your employees and three or four employees of my school, plus myself. And I would consult, I would conduct a workshop to train them how to conduct a partnership program, because that's what I'm certified in. And now they stopped me right at that point. And they said, John, where he said, the vice president said that, you're doing well, John. We like what you're talking about. However, what's it going to cost? And that's when I decided that my time was to really hit them hard, right between the eyes. And I did. I said, not really much, I said, but I can tell you this, that there is a cost like in everything you do. I said, minimum $10,000. And they all went, what? Are you kidding me? I said, yes, I am, but I got your attention, didn't I? And we all had a big laugh about that. I said, it's going to cost you zero. No money involved. They finally started to listen to what I had to say and focus on what I had to say, and I had them. And I said, what we'd like to do is to see if there's any way. Now, this is because of talking to the staff. What are their needs? I have wanted to know what the needs of the faculty were. Not my needs, but their needs. They're the ones that need the help, not me. And we'd lo like to know what are the needs of not only the school, but what are the needs of your corporation and of your people? They both have needs. What are they? And we'd work together to resolve that at a three-hour workshop in order to train them how to get together. And I said that once we get to discussing the needs, then we would discuss what resources can the school give to industry and vice versa. There's got to be resources available. And I saw them each look at each other and wave, and wave their head up and down. They had some. They, they already knew what one was. It was a basic one, too. They didn't tell me at that point until I was finished. And so I said, following that, then we want to really find out, once we prioritize, let's say you come up with 10 different needs, we want you to prioritize them, the top three. That's all. And if we can focus on the top three and then try to accomplish one or two, we've succeeded both ways. And then we want to evaluate what we've done. Has it been worthwhile doing this? And so I said, that's the format that I use when I conduct these workshops with both organizations. And each has to have a decision maker on the team. I'll be the decision maker for the school. You have to select someone to be the decision maker from corporation. That's the only way it can work. If you don't have any decision maker, then you have to hem and haul and try to contact the decision maker and see if they approve of it. And I said, can you share with me right now what would be one, one extremely important need that you have that, that we can start from? And the vice president, who I knew real well, said that, yes, we do have a definite need. We have a lot of our fellows in our organization who like to play basketball. What's the situation in trying to use your gym at night for one night a week? for two hours that we could use free. I said, not a problem. Real? And the president said, 
we're sold. <laughs> we're ready to go. Whatever you want to do once they hear that. I said, well, there are other needs. Let me tell you what the school need is. And I said that the teachers have conveyed to me that once they've taught a lesson, most kids will get that lesson, but a few don't. We need some tutors to come in maybe one hour a week to assist those students who need that extra help in doing something that the teacher taught. Because the teacher has to move on. Vice President said, I think we can handle that. I think we have people we can release for an hour a week. I don't think that's a problem at all. Before I go any further, I'd like to say that I got a letter the following day. 19 people <laughs> signed up to be tutors. Not nine, but 19. That's a lot of people. And they continued with it. And every grade level needed help, including special education. Teachers thought that was just awesome. They never expected that, and I didn't either, by the way. I expected one or two. Nineteen. And so anyway, that's how it got started when I began sharing more information about how we can help each other out based on needs. And we have to, I said, one program I would like to see done is I would like to send Two fifth-grade students, not sixth-grade students, because they're ready to go into the junior high school, but two fifth-grade students who can come back and then spend another year with us sharing their experience. I would like to have a boy and a girl from fifth grade, we have two classes, to come and visit your industry and shadow someone for two hours, once a week. They said, that's not a problem. And in the articles I have here, it was interesting how the tutors felt about that. They were extremely happy for coming, and they were said when they left, they felt their spirits were, were high when they went back to the factory to work. So it was very effective. And the kids now were asked to, or not asked, they were told to dress up appropriately when you're visiting a place like this. And I have a picture here of students that are watching someone work sharpening knives, and they have these safety glasses on. You can see what a serious look they have on their faces. They're observing. That was the, the time for these kids who were observing other people working. Never, they never had this experience before. Brand new experience for them. Elementary school kids. But once they were exposed to this, that never leaves, by the way, because it's a unique experience. We all know that, those of us who are involved in education. Once they move to middle school, they're not going to forget that. And then once they get to high school, they're not going to forget that. But they've got that background, and now they can start moving upwards, as opposed to starting at the high school. They're prepared. So anyway, they like that. So we started off by having the workshop for three hours. And they did send, I believe they sent five people over. And we were able to do that at a facility with them. And I had five, four or five people from the school come, including some teachers, a custodian, because sometimes we have to know a custodian's viewpoint about the use of gym, how they can help each other out, and, uh, and myself. We had, uh, we had water available. We had cookies and donuts available. And, uh, and for three hours, we all worked. Now, what I did was I went back and forth with the teachers first, and then I would go to the people from the corporation. What are your needs, folks? For example, now you want to use the gym to play basketball. That sounds great. Now, there are limitations that we have here, but you have access to the gym once a week. Bring your own basketball. You can't use the showers because the custodian has to clean them. 
And so he's going he's gonna to say, okay, I'll save the gym to the last room to clean the rest of the rooms. And then we'll make that adjustment. No problem whatsoever. And I talked to the custodian about that, too. He said, no problem at all. So anyway, and then I went back to school, did the same thing. So we had to list all the needs as I went back and forth. However, at LCAS, they had a gentleman who was in management, but also promotion of, in, of the industry. He read what I was doing. He said, gee, John, I would like to join you, and maybe you can teach me what to do, and I'd be very happy to work with industry. You work with schools. I said, hey, that sounds great, John. His name was John Stevens. And so we worked for about three years together. Whenever we had to do the workshop, we went out together. And we worked back and forth. We worked individually. One of the things that, that is just fascinating here, I came up with a partnership agreement. Very thorough. Not, this was not just something done by night and then you forget it during daytime. Here it is right here. It's a partnership agreement. On this 11th day of September 1990, a partnership was entered into by the Alcaz Corporation and Eastview Elementary School for the purpose of sharing resources, improving understanding and communication between the business and the school, and providing opportunities to mutually benefit all participants. That's just the first paragraph. I won't read the rest. And it doesn't go on to explain what we want to do. And if you want to stop it, then somebody has to write and put it in writing that maybe this is too much for us. Never happened. But that's a contract. And we had literally hundreds and hundreds of activities we did together. I couldn't believe what these people came up with. But it's a different group of people, different perspective. And we had ours for them, too, because they didn't realize what we were doing. Because most of those people had been out of school maybe 10, 15, 20, 25 years. They didn't know school had changed. And we started this partnership. And so LCAS put out a letter for us. This is sometime during the time we did this. LCAS Corporation, Eastview Elementary School Partners in Education. The officers and staff of LCAS Corporation cordially invite you to attend an open house in association with Eastview Elementary School and the Partners in Education program at the LCAS Corporate Office to view our industry, our plant. Any, any staff member can go there. It was from 3.15 to 4.30 in the afternoon when teachers were out. They had refreshments, something to drink, and then they took us on a tour. you got to be kidding me for them to take time to do that in their work hours, but that's how much they did. And then they even offered to paint our school. Zero money. <laughs> I said, no, we don't need that. Our school's fine. Don't worry about that. We, uh, this is a, an article in the newspaper. This is way after, uh, this is uh, 1994. And it started in 88. I retired in 92, and again, still going, and here is a principal who took over for me in continuing the partnership in a long article about what the partnership was all about. And then the, co the corporation decided to do something good for us, and they always did something good. They, they started an incentive program, which was a real hit for third-grade students, two third-grade classes. They set up an agenda that for those students who spent the year and they managed to significantly improve their handwriting and return homework on time, they would take them to a Buffalo professional baseball game on a bus, the teachers. Here's the article. There's the picture. It cost a few bucks, plus they bought them lunch. And then they have a newsletter. Every month they had a, something information about the newsletter. 
And here is the, is the ECU update. This is the name of the employees who work with the various grade levels in their bulletin newsletter. Then here's a picture about shadowing, job shadowing with the two students. We didn't do any of that. They did all that, and they loved it. And then here are the two students they're observing in fifth grade. Now, those two students, when they went there, they had to make sure not only dressing well, comfortable clothes, but they also had to bring a notebook and several pencils and pens because they were to document everything. That, that's my requirement. Document everything they saw, heard, and did. And they had a week to turn that in to me. And a copy would then go to the parents and to the teacher. One went with the, to the PTO parent-teacher organization, the president, and one to the superintendent of schools. We wanted to show them, I wanted to show them that here's what these kids experienced. Here's what they did. And they were impressed. And they gave us, all gave us the support we needed to do that. We were the only school. The only school this program wasn't expanded? To begin with. And finally, I did it to all the elementary schools. There were five elementary schools, the junior high, and the high school over a period of years. And they, they couldn't believe it. In fact, I had a, a workshop at the end of the second or third year, and I wanted to bring in individuals from the industry and partners, because we, we had initiated this and ran workshops with them, to come together for dinner paid by the district, school district. And I gave each of them an opportunity to share, they had five minutes, to share their experiences. I couldn't get over the joy from industry and school people of how well things went and what was accomplished. It was a first. And it continued and still continues. So anyway, the partnership program, as I mentioned earlier, before we went online, I believe, continues under different leadership, but is becoming stronger and stronger. And now it's expanded throughout the country, by the way, from what I understand. It just didn't start with us. It had other people have been doing this, but it has spread all over the country, all over the world, in fact. But we received a tremendous amount of publicity from newspaper articles. In fact, I had brought in a young lady when I contacted the New York State Education Department. I'd like to have someone from a foreign country come and spend a year with us at my school. I wasn't the district representative. My, I'm only talking my school. And work with our teachers and students to provide some incentive, some motive, because, man, they were down. Just doing regular stuff, and that's it. I needed to build a fire for them. And that's why I did a lot of these programs. And now they were all excited after, a, after five years or so. What else can we do? What else can we do? I said, okay, I have some ideas. I'm going to mention some of those later. But anyway, let's see. I got them through those various classes and grade levels. And once those elementary school kids moved to the junior high school and the high school, they have already had this experience. And now they had more, more extensive. And the kids really grew as a result of that. They were exposed to many of the industries and as well as the university. We had a partnership while they were going through the various grades. So they were very happy with all that. The teachers were extremely excited. So anyway, I noticed that's recording. <laughs> so that was a program that I enjoyed. Did a lot of workshops, gave a lot of lectures, area schools, especially rotary clubs in the area. 
They want to know more about it, how they can implement something similar to that. And so you know, that's what I did. Here's, I told them what my experience was. And here's what you can do if you want to. It's up to you. You can modify it in any way you wish. But this is the way I felt it could be extremely impactful to the students, the teachers, and parents. Now, I had parent meetings, and I could not believe how supportive the parents were of this program. They thanked me up and down for allowing their kids to go to the, to the industry for two hours, once a week, different students, and how much the kids talked about it when they went home, what they saw, and they got a report. They said, wow, that was just awesome. My philosophy has always been, think outside the box. That's what I learned when I was at the campus school at the State University of College at uh, Geneseo. We were encouraged to think outside the box, be inventive, initiate new programs to improve how teachers teach and improve how students learn. And that's what I came up with the science program. So anyway, that, that was great. Administrative meetings, the superintendent would always call on me and ask me, what's the progress on this program? In fact, at one administrative meeting, he had brought in, I think it was either four or five people from a major industry in town, which was an international industry. It's called Dresser Industry. They made these large tanks for oil, all for all over the world. Maybe you're aware of them. Very aware. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. So we, the superintendent asked me if I would share information about the partnership because these folks here want to do something i said okay i'd be very happy to just off the cuff so i explained briefly i had 10 minutes 15 minutes to share them and they said yep that's what we want to do we'd be very happy to send people to a workshop that you want to conduct for us with also with teachers administrators and we'd be very happy they wanted to donate a lot of computers to the high school and I thought that was awesome. So the superintendent said, okay, John, will you be willing to do this? I said, oh, sure, I'd be very happy to. I've been doing it for three or four years now. That just adds to the number of people that can do this. Said, okay, then you can send out information to industry and also to the, uh, to the high school. I said, no problem whatsoever. I'll be very happy to handle that. Very open, because now the program is being, being exposed and increasing. Now, there was one problem I had at the high school. I remember contacting the principal and said, would you give me please a list of names of people that will be attending the workshop because we want to make name tags for them beforehand. Oh, sure, no problem whatsoever. Hey, no problem. And then the following week, I said, well, I haven't received the name tag names. Would you please send them to you? Because the time's getting short and we have to have time to make them. Oh yeah, oh, no problem. Sure, okay. Never received the names, never. So on the day of the workshop, I went down to the facility we were having our workshop, and John Stevens, my co-director, was there waiting with me and him. And the people from Dresser Industries were all there already. So I'm waiting for the school people to come down. No name tags, because I didn't know their names. So finally I see a car coming down, and I said, that must be them. I said, okay. So we'll get ready. And so as soon as the car parks, only one person gets out of the car. That's the principal and no one else. So I'm saying to myself and I'm saying to John, I says, now where's the rest? I don't know. I said, I'll ask him. So I asked the principal, I said, sir, I says, I believe we had a meeting with the corporate people and we all agreed 
They would send teams here. Can you tell me where your team is? He said, after a lot of thought, I thought maybe I can handle the whole thing. No problem whatsoever. I said, sorry, sir. Can't do that. That was not the goal. And the superintendent knows that. That Industry knows that. I know that. He said, don't worry about it, John. I said, okay. And I said to myself, I've got to fix him up real well. I said, we're going to continue. So come on in, sir. So I explained to the people from ministry what happened. Here's the principal. He was there at that meeting. He agreed, if you recall, folks that to have a committee. Would you explain to these people from corporate office why we don't have other people from the school here? Oh, man. He was upset. And that was my point. It's okay. Now you have to handle this now. You made the decision. You handle it. And so I continued, and I told John, the other guy, he says, you can handle the, the industry, I'll handle the school, but we'll bring them together. So we got talking about needs, and I said, now, what are your needs, sir, principal? And I said, you don't have any teachers here, so you're going to have to really, you're going to have to explain how teachers would do this. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't know, in front of everybody. And I said, let's see now, you need to have facilities. Now, the custodian wouldn't know that, but you're the principal, so you should know. And this poor guy... He felt just terrible about it, by the way. And rightly, he should. At the end of the site, after three hours now of this, I thanked everybody for coming. I said, good luck to what you're going to be doing. We all went back to our schools. Corporate people went back to their offices. Now, I never got a call from the high school principal apologizing. I didn't expect it. I didn't care whether I got it or not. But it was about three weeks later I received a call from the superintendent of the schools. He said, John, you got some free time? I said, yeah, sure. He says, can you come to my office? I said, yeah. Is there something I should think about before I come? Yeah. I said, I had the principal, high school principal in the office. I think we need to talk about something. I said, okay, meet right up. I didn't call the superintendent. I didn't say anything. It must have been the, cor- must have been the corporate people that talked about it. So he asked me when I was in the office, is it true that there weren't anyone from the high school except the principal? I said, I'm afraid, yes, that's true. I did ask for names, never got them, and he came by himself. He says, thank you. You can go back to school now. High school principal was fired. He was on probation. I just don't understand that myself, but I think that's a real problem in education is that the high school and the junior high school, they look down on the elementary as if, you guys don't know what you're talking about. We'll tell you what to do. Unfortunately, it didn't work that way in this, because this was a much higher position. But that was the only problem that I had. Otherwise, all the schools were extremely excited. They all had groups coming, and even the Board of Education was very impressed with this going on. So it was a successful program, and it's still going on, and it's highly successful. John, I think we're near the end of this episode. This was a fascinating exploration of really, one, thinking outside the box, but really, too, I'm always fascinated when you can have a public-private partnership that both sides benefit from. And it sounds like both sides benefited from this. Very true. All right. I look forward to our next episode. Thank you. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode one of From Last to First, the John Assetti story. It's been my privilege to work with John on this project. He has used it to jumpstart his autobiography, which will be coming out 
in the next month or two, and I will certainly let you know when that happens. We've linked to John's author page on Amazon.com in the show notes, so check out some of the great books by John Assetti. From last to first, the John Assetti story is a special production of the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network.